0: What is up, everybody? Going live a little bit early here on this Thursday. Uh, super quick edition of Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast. Got to rehearse the to go, So we got to make this quick. Uh, just put out my observations from practice today. The Bills were in shells. Referees were there for the first time. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Tops loves local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and veggies. Produce pick this morning to be on your table tonight. I am Matt Perino, ready to go. So, this is like a, I feel like this is like a round the horn. Like we're going to go in and out of every topic. We're going to be quick. Joined by Ryan Talbot as always. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, not too much. Well, since we're going to be quick, let's get started, Matt. Do I break out the Sharpie for Jake Kumaro, who had the lead in your story today?
0: Get your Kumaro Sharpie out because I'm telling you right now, man, listen, here's first and foremost, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You don't want to overreact to practice. We're talking about practice. I get it. It's training camp. It hasn't happened the game, but go back to last season, man. Like I'm just starting to put all the pieces together. I mean, you talk about one target in 2020 in 2020 for Jake Kumro 22 yard touchdown. You talk about the contributions that he made in special teams. I mean, he was going so good that before he even was able to be given an opportunity to play, uh, wide receiver, they had him out there on special teams. I heard Isaiah McKenzie mention him today. We heard Sean McDermott talk about him a couple days ago about being one of those glue guys that brings the team together. And when you could go out there and make plays consistently. I mean, the two plays in, consist- in particular, I want to point out, were against Tradavius White, one-on-one drills to put- to start practice. The first one was unbelievable. He made a quick move at the line of scrimmage. Trey White, being the cornerback that he is, recovered, went stride for stride with him down the field, close to the goal line. Kumro used his size, was able to go up, make the catch. Tradavius White made it tough on him all the way to the end of the play. He hung on, made the play for a touchdown, I believe. Unbelievable play, unbelievable throw from Josh Allen. We'll get to him. He was really good today. But – Again, a couple plays later, again, goes up against Tre'Davious White again. Runs a nice, quick route. At, he's got this, like, deceptive quickness in his route running. I almost feel like his route running has improved even from last year. And so he comes, makes a really good move. Tre'Davious White, again, good coverage. There's nothing wrong with the coverage. He just made the play, made the catch. Biggest play of the day for Mitchell Trubisky, a downfield throw, I'd say maybe 35, 40 yards. Sets up uh, uh, what, what should have been a touchdown. I think they ended up settling for a field goal. They were doing some up-tempo work in 11-on-11. And Mitchell Trubisky found uh, Jake kumaro who can't be guarded. I mean, I think he had three targets, four targets. He made three three or four grabs. He has just been really good. And I think we're at the stage now where the six to me right now, if you were asking me, are pretty locked in with McKenzie and Kumaro being five and six. I think Isaiah Hodgins is a guy you can fit on the practice squad. And I think that, um, you know, I, there's other guys that I think have been pretty solid in camp too. Tanner Gentry, Duke Williams is always pretty solid. But I think that those six are probably what you're looking at as you go into the season.
1: And that's huge because we've heard from multiple coaches throughout training camp about guys that are the glue guys, guys that are so important. Daryl Johnson was mentioned today by name uh, for special teams. So it's going to be so hard to make this roster. You have to be able to stand out in multiple ways. And Kumara, like you said, as a receiver, this camp has been unbelievable. Lights out but we know about the special teams playing about a hundred snaps in six games last year with the bills. He was taking on that Taiwan Jones role when he was on the field last year. And that's big because Taiwan Jones, who a few months ago, if you and I were talking, we probably would have called him a lot for this roster. Now it's just, there's only so many spots. There's so many defensive linemen. There's so many talented wide receivers. Uh, There's so many just talented players at multiple positions that there's going to be a lot of Bills players that don't make this roster that are either going to get claimed elsewhere or the Bills are going to thank their lucky stars that they don't and try to sneak them onto the practice squad. This is by far the deepest roster that Sean McDermott has had since being here in Buffalo and Kumaro, to his credit, like you said in your article, he could start cutting into Gabe Davis's snaps a little bit here. If he if he can take what he's doing now in camp, take it to the preseason, and obviously then into the regular season.
0: Yeah, and you know that's the thing here. I think it's going to be a situation where you know competition is something that they 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 strive to create here. And I think a guy like Gabriel Davis, who by the way has had a great camp. I mean, he's been solid as they come. We'll talk about somebody that had a kind of a snafu today, but every time you know Gabriel Davis has been targeted, I'm pretty sure he's made a catch. Uh, outside of some really difficult ones. I think he missed one in the end zone today that was just like a really hard ball. He was out, going up against Levi Wallace. Josh Allen put it in a perfect position. He just couldn't haul it in. It was a really tough catch, and we know Gabriel Davis makes tough catches, and he's a guy that they've been developing. Just keep your eyes on this. I think Jake Kumaro has entered that Christian Wade um, aura of what it's going to be like for Bills fans to see him in preseason and track that kind of progress. On the other side of things, the not good news for Bills fans today, one of the worst drops I've seen in a practice in now my fourth season covering the Bills, and I don't want to overblow it. I, I like Dawson Knox a lot. I've, I've written about it. I've talked about it. I really respect what he's done to go back this offseason, put in all the work that he's put in to improve his hands and get more reliable, more sure-handed. Brandon Beans talked about it. He's got to be better in that department. And today, Mitchell Trubisky, he hit a long ball to Isaiah Hodgins the other day. It was similar to that. Like Dawson Knox made a good move. He beat the coverage. I think that he got past two guys. There was nobody out in front of him. Had nothing but six points at the other end of it. As they were running the up temple 11 11-on-11, the ball was put perfectly placed. Nobody was even hanging on him. He had beaten the defenders, and he just dropped it. And there was – you know, there's some, I think, corporate sponsor uh, folks that are able to come in and watch the practice, some family and friends of players, et cetera. The group that was, I would say, maybe 50 people or something, you could just hear an audible gasp at the drop because this is something that we're continuing to talk about. And, you know, if, if you want to get past this, if you don't want to be asked about this, if you're the Bills and you, go, you want Dawson Knox to make those plays. The easy ones. If that happens in a game, in a tight mm. game down the stretch, you need to have the confidence in him to to get the ball out to him and your tight end's gonna make the play. Didn't make it today.
1: Yeah, and, and you just read my mind. I was going to say, if something like that happened in a live game, he gets open, he's wide open, the ball is perfectly delivered, and he drops it. It's going to be all that the Bills fans are talking about, win or lose the next day, just because it's been such a focus. You know, Knox, he went out, he worked with the vision specialists this offseason. He's trying his best to get this together. Uh, but, it, but it's still frustrating to hear, if you're a fan, that, that these drops are continuing, these wide-open, uncontested drops nonetheless, because the talent's there. The athleticism is there. You said it yourself. He he broke free from one or two defenders to get himself open down the field. And those are the opportunities where the, the longer this goes on, the more and the more the Bills are going to look maybe elsewhere. And I know Jacob Hollister's been out with, the, with a back injury, but you noted in your article it's going to be interesting to see where he lines up when he comes back because if these drops continue, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if Jacob Hollister saw some tight end one reps because of the chemistry that he has with Josh Allen, because of what we've seen in, in small doses of him when he was with the Seahawks, there's some potential there. So Knox needs to really rebound from this, put that in the past and kind of move on. Let's go back to the positive side, Matt, Matt. Josh Allen, tell us a little bit about his day today.
0: Just really good. I think that there was probably four plays today that were misses, like I guess, but they were like inches and, in most situations, I feel like you probably make that play, but I want to focus in on one play in particular that really almost makes you feel like they're picking up where they left off between Cole Beasley, Sean uh, Stephon Diggs, and Josh Allen. It was a route where you know eleven on eleven. I mentioned they were going some up te- tempo. They were kind of going down the field, and, and, and it felt like a real game environment. There were some referees out there. And Stephon Diggs lined up on the left side, ran a, you know, nothing crazy, like a 15 yard route maybe. Um, And what he did was Taron Johnson was in coverage, but he kind of got past him and he read the defense. And I, and I feel like he almost altered his route and decided to kind of go the opposite direction on a dime. And the way that you were watching it, it's almost like Josh Allen, like was in his brain and like, Knew that that's what he was doing. Maybe that was how it was designed, but it just felt like it was an improvisation of some, of some sort. He throws it kind of like to the opposite angle of where he was running, splitting in between A.J. Epenesa and Taron Ter- Johnson. Stephon Diggs grabs it, immediately turns upfield. field. Everybody's kind of looking around like, how did that just happen? And he goes for what might have been a touchdown in a real game environment. You know, Cole Beasley – that in-breaker route that I think is so dangerous. I was talking to some people on the sideline today when we watch your practice and you go back and watch that chiefs game. I'd like to go back and watch the whole thing to, to see how many times they utilize that first play. If you remember, it was like a 20 yard gain to Cole Beasley and that's there every day. I feel like they hit it in practice at some point every single day. It's so easy because of how good of a route runner he is, but I think it's it just must make you feel again, pads weren't on today, but it must make you feel good to know that the the heart and soul of this offense you, the, your three best players of this offense they they just look like they're ready to go
1: yeah that that chemistry is undeniable between all of them and, and I said it a few pods ago where uh, the instant chemistry between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs is maybe something I haven't seen in my lifetime, just because of, of how odd this past offseason season was they, the bills trade for Stefan Diggs, but they had nothing close to a traditional offseason. I think they worked out twice together in Miami leading up to training camp last year. So they didn't get a lot of reps together, but you would never would have guessed that based on, Uh, how much they were, like you said, almost reading each other's minds on the field last year, always knowing where the other one was going to be, what to do, how to get open, how to make those big plays. So encouraging to see that still going. Cole Beasley is Mr. Reliable out of the slot. Like you said, there's certain routes that are always there. So uh, great to hear that this past game is kind of humming along, especially with Emmanuel Sanders out for the day. Uh, You have Kumaro stepping up. So it it sounds like the offense, once again, is kind of humming along here. Mm Mm-hmm
0: um, well, this is the Shop Buffalo Bills Football Podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Um, spend more time enjoying everything that Summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with Tops Pickup and Delivery. Shop for your groceries online, choose pickup or delivery, and Tops will bring the groceries right to you. Visit TopsMarkets.com to get started. All right, next, Ryan, we got to get to the defensive side of the football and a big day. Uh for the linebacking group, I think, in general. Uh, two in particular that I wrote about and want to talk about, and that's Tremaine Edmonds and Joe Giles Harris, who has had really a, a great like summer. I mean, if you go back to the – I mean, if you want to call it spring, uh, back in during OTAs and minicamp, he was a guy that made a couple plays there. He's continued to be a playmaker. We'll talk about him in a minute, but today was – you know, really the defender that popped to me the most was Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, he was, he was active. He's flying around. And you remember we talked about Tyrell Dotson the other day and how active he was. I thought today Tremaine Edmonds just looked like the the biggest athletic freak on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, intercepts Josh Allen, a, a nice uh, read by him. He was going for Cole Beasley. It was a little bit off as another one of those throws that were just a little bit off. I mean, Josh Allen probably threw 20 passes today maybe had three or four misfires. Um, He was really good. That was one of them. And it was intercepted by uh, Tremaine Edmonds. And when Tremaine Edmonds makes an interception, I think you want to make sure you focus in on that because um, of how important that's going to be. He's had a lot of balls go through his hands over the years. And, you know, you want him to make those plays. It takes his defense to the next level. And then later in the, he kind of picked up a Stefan Diggs route, which, by the way, like you know, for your middle linebacker to say, "Okay, let me let me step up here and let me take on the best receiver in the NFL statistically last year," show up in coverage, step up to uh, the plate, the challenge, and force a, an interception or an incompletion. I'm not sure if it was a pass breakup from the angle I was standing; I couldn't really tell, but he definitely impacted the play, and that's huge. And I want you to talk about this, Ryan. But if you're watching on YouTube, let me remind you because we are going to be out of here in the next. Five to 10 minutes. We're doing a quick in and out today because I get to a rehearsal dinner. Hit that like button. Smash that subscribe button if you're new here. Get this numbers up here going because we're bringing you everything that we saw today out of practice.
1: Yeah, you know, when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds, the athleticism has always been there. It's just been the instincts. It's been the confidence level. Uh, he kind of said that he was ready to take that next step leadership-wise, playing-wise, and despite still being in his early 20s entering this uh, fourth season in the league, he is someone that I think is going to take a big step, maybe maybe a Josh Allen-type step in terms of where I think he could go this season based on where he was one year ago. So that's huge for this defense if he does because you don't see players like that that can move sideline to sideline that can make plays like that on the rail that can get in the way of a quarterback's passing lanes, just, just with his wingspan. Real fast on Joe Giles-Harris, it's going to be a numbers game at linebacker. It's going to be hard to carry more than five, maybe six linebackers, and there's so many depth guys this year. It's going to be hard for him to make this roster, but like you said, he's having a good summer, so he's doing everything possible to do that in Jacksonville toward the end of his time there. Uh, he made some plays for them as well. It was just, I think, that coaching change that led to him leaving Jacksonville. One more thing, Matt. How about it at cornerback? How's that competition going? You mentioned something in your article about it today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... On Giles Harris, I do want to just also mention, I mean, a massive, massive day. And sorry, I'm I'm editing on the fly here. I posted that story without editing it, and there's a couple errors. Uh, so I'm trying to uh, update it, that as we go, too. Um, you talk about tipping a pass that almost ended in an interception for DeMar Hamlin. An interception uh, against Davis Webb, uh, which I think the, the it was a tip pass as well. And then the the headiness to pick up a fumble uh, off of Lance Lenore, who unfortunately for him lost the cleat and just made a tough play. This was a really, really strong day for Giles Harris. And in it, it's an unbelievable battle at, at depth linebacker. I think it was Leslie Frazier talking about how good this depth is. But you, you got guys like Tyrell Adams and Markel Lee who have experience in this league. They like uh, Dotson. Madikiewicz is a, a – in my opinion, a roster lock because of what he brings on special teams. He's so important to Heath Farwell. He's the first name that he brought up today when we got a chance to sit down with Heath Farwell. By the way, I want to dive into more Farwell stuff because there's a lot of interesting stuff that came out of there today. I'm hopefully going to write about that later tonight. But, man, uh, Giles Harris doing a really nice job. Listen, we're, this, today was the seventh practice. I got Levi Wallace uh, in the driver's seat for that CB2 competition. I think that he's just been better. He's been more consistent. I thought today was Dane Jackson's best practice, but I, and, and Levi Wallace was picked on a little bit. You know, at times we've, we've talked about that with him, like quarterbacks will go at him, go at him, a lot of little stuff, nothing too concerning. It's stuff that we've seen in the past, but I think Levi Wallace has been more consistent. He's had a lot of digs in this training camp, uh, which I think is, is something that's going to make him even stronger.
1: Yeah. And at the end of the day, you want the better cornerback to get that starting job. You can always change it up in season if someone's not performing. Uh, But it it does sound like Levi Wallace, once again, is is up to the task. It seems like every year since he's been in this league. They've brought someone in to compete against him. Now, Dane Jackson was already on this roster uh, from last year, but you know, Levi's now in that veteran role, the the role of the person who was supposed to take the job from him. And it looks like once again, he's putting himself in position to start across from Trey white. And, And you know what? Kudos to him. If he wins that job, because he wanted to come back here, win a super bowl. Those were his words. He took a little bit of a, uh I would say a discount based on the starting experience that he has in this league and his play and if he wins that job like i said more power to him because he has proven to be a capable cornerback in the NFL.
0: Yes. Um it's going to be fun to watch that competition play out. I mean, I'm I'm at the the point now where either way that you go in that in that competition you, I don't think that there's a bad choice to be had and I think that kind of depth there is solid. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we've talked about like adding a veteran cornerback, like we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I think Cam Lewis has been good. I think he's been solid. Uh Really nice play today by Tommy Sweeney that I didn't include uh, as Mitchell Trubisky was leading the offense, really nice play uh running almost vertical, like, or not vertically horizontally, like sideline to sideline. Tommy Sweeney was was moving and Cam Lewis just couldn't keep up with them. Ended up making a really nice tech catch. And I think that that led to, I think they only kick field goals, they were, they were working with a lot of stuff in the up-tempo stuff. I can't tell if any, and, and that's the tough part about practice, how we're watching. We're watching far end of the field. So even if I have my binoculars, sometimes it's tough to see through all the bodies. And if there's players standing that are kind of blocking it, so it can be kind of uh, tough uh, at times. Final thoughts, Ryan Talbot.
1: Final thought, you know, Mitch Trubisky also had a nice day today. You mentioned your article. Uh, he, he's been looking like a significant upgrade over Matt Barkley. Real quick, uh, congratulations to Mr. Barkley, though, for signing with the Tennessee Titans today, uh, the next chapter in his career. But it's it's also promising to hear about Mitch Trubisky, that we're seeing some gains from him each and every day, that he's making some really good throws to Kumaro. what should have been a touchdown to Dawson Knox. Uh, because I think that the more he gets acclimated into this system, has more of an understanding of what Brian Dable is all about in terms of the passing game. I think he could be a, a very good quarterback if he has to come in for a few snaps per game, or if he has to replace Josh Allen for one or two games due to injury and due to the physical style that Josh Allen plays with. So promising to hear that Trubisky is also performing well.
0: Top's fresh burger bar with over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based and gourmet blend burgers ready to grill. Top's fresh burger bar has you smiling all summer long. It was shells today. I'd imagine pads back tomorrow, if not tomorrow, Saturday, for the big practice at the stadium. Ryan Talbot will be in the house once again. We're excited for that. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. We will be back tomorrow to bring you everything from uh, Bill's training camp, practice, some big performances today. Go check out um, the article, Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com, uh, and we'll be back then. Have a great night, everybody.
1: Take care.